Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. You look awesome today. Look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Look good. Look at the other neighbor and say, yeah, you too. Don't want to leave you out. It's good to see you today. Those of you that are watching online, we're just so thankful. We see people from all over watching online, and we're just blessed that you would take time to join us today. Father's House, would you welcome those that are watching online today in the name of Jesus. We have one more teaching in this series, and then we've got a brand new series that will be starting the week after next. In fact, the Lord unfolded that series to me yesterday while we were sitting here during the Freedom Encounter. So I was just recently downloaded, and now I've got to begin processing that, and I'm really excited about the next series as I am for this one. Well, it's good to see all the t-shirts around today. Uh, in fact, someone said they wore their t-shirt this morning to go to a, a restaurant restaurant to buy some things for other people. And the lady said, wow, I love that t-shirt. I want to get one. And he said, well, we sell them at our church. And she said, where? And on the side, it says, you know, the father's house. And she said, wow. She said, okay. And then he turned around and let her read the back. And she burst out in tears saying, that is so awesome. I've just got to get one of those. And he said, well, not only get a t-shirt, but come and hang out with us in church. And she said, you know what? On the Sundays that I'm not working, I I'll be here. So that's what it's intended to be, a door that will open for you. We think of t-shirts. How many of you love t-shirts? Get all kind of, you know, you go somewhere and you buy a t-shirt. Actually, the history, I don't know if you've ever studied the history of t-shirts, it was first adopted as an American icon by the U.S. Navy in 1913. Navy people, let's hear a cheer, all right? It all goes, it goes back to you developing the icon. It became part of who you are. And then it became a staple for farmers and factory workers by 1944. And then in 1950, the t-shirt went to Hollywood. And there, Disney learned how to put Mickey Mouse on the t-shirt. And from there, it was born. In 1977, an, in, an advertising agency was hired in New York to develop a, uh, a marketing plan for New York. And so they came up with I Heart New York. And so, you know, I heart, well, I heart my church here. I like that cup. And so uh, in the year 2000s, churches started saying, I heart my church. Now everybody can proudly wear a t-shirt that displays their love for the church. But what happens if the t-shirt gets dirty? What happens if it doesn't fit anymore? How will you know that you can love your church? Well, we've been talking about that. We said in the first week, we said we love our church by living out the mission that God gave us. He said, I want you to go into all the world. And then he said, the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. That was Matthew 24, 14. And then I love my church by doing life together. Now all who believed were together. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. So today, we want to look at another way that we can love our church. And here it is. Read it with me. Say it with me. I love my church by serving like Jesus. Let's say it again. I love my church by serving like Jesus. We show our love to Jesus 
by serving one another. In fact, Mark 10 and 45 is the theme verse of the Gospel of Mark. I love this. It's one of my favorite verses. Would you read it with me? And let's read it with some emphasis. This is Jesus talking. Read it. Follow my example. Even the Son of Man did not come for people to serve him. He came to serve others and to give his life to save many people. Let's read it again. Follow my example. Even the Son of Man did not come came to serve others. I think we'd probably all agree that the world we live in today is far from that serving aspect. We live in a selfish, self-centered, self-gratifying, self-promoting culture. Can I get an amen to that? Would you believe that? I mean, as a whole, most people are selfish, self-centered, and self-promoting. Self-promoting. I looked that up on Google to see what it was really meant, what it was, and there was article after article that came up on how to promote yourself and get ahead in life, in business, and everything by self-promoting yourself. Here's some of the articles I read. The Art of Self-Promotion. Six Ways to Get Your Work Discovered. Forbes wrote another one. Self-promotion is a skill. In other words, if you want anybody to notice you and what you do, you've got to be a self-promoter. Then there's this one that probably many people need to read. 40 ways to self-promote without being a jerk. You ever met that jerk? Everything is a self-promoting themselves. But that's diametrically opposed to what Jesus says. Not self-promotion, but self-sacrifice. We live in a world today that everybody wants to be the GOAT. Right? How many of you knows what GOAT stands for? For those of you who don't know what it stands for, it's what? Greatest of all times. But the problem is, Jesus never asked us to be a GOAT. What he teaches is diametrically opposed to us being the goat and thinking I'm going to be the greatest of all time. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you don't promote yourself. He said, you deny yourself. You pick up your cross. In other words, you die to your own selfish nature. And then he said, follow me. I love this. It's not in your notes, but you can jot it down. Matthew 20 and 26. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Notice what he says. Whoever really wants to become great, let him be your servant. So Jesus says the way to greatness is not self-promotion, not to live selfishly, but it's to be selfless, denying yourself. As Jesus followers, we need to see that serving is not something we do, but it's who we are. Serving is not what I do, it's who I am. Would you read this with me out loud? I am a servant of the Most High God. It's not what I do, it's who I am. Let's read it again. I am a servant of the Most High God. It's not what I do, it's who I am. So today I want to give you 10 reasons why I should serve. I'm not going to take a long time because if I did a long time on 10 things, you, you already calculated how long today will be. 
But I want to get these scriptures into your spirit. I want you to see how much the scripture emphasizes serving, not self-promotion, not selfishness, but serving. Almost 27 years ago, the end of March, Anita and I came here to Leesburg, only met a few handful of people, and we started the Father's House. We started at the old Shoney's Hotel across now from uh, Ramshackles, and it's that de depleted, rat-stricken thing that needs to be renovated or torn down. We started there, and we started with a trailer with some sound equipment, some plants, and every Sunday, we would, with volunteers, rain, shine, cold, or sweat. And most of the people who helped were part of the worship team, and they brought two sets of clothes because they'd get sweaty unloading the trailer in Florida, right? And they wanted not to be sweaty in the same stinky clothes, so they brought two sets of clothes. Not only did they meet to train and to practice for worship, they met earlier than anybody else to set up the trailer. So we would set up the sound system, we'd set up uh, the plants, we'd do everything we could, set up the chairs, do all of that. And I look back and I think of where we are now and what God has done for us. You see, everything that you're enjoying right now is because the people went ahead of you who knew that they were servants of the Most High God, and it's not something they did, it's who they were. So here's 10 reasons. Number one, read it with me. I was created to serve. Let's say it again. I was created to serve. You know how God prepared a job for you. Something still undone. Look at that verse. Something still undone. If you notice it, you're supposed to be the one who tackles it. You ever thought about that? Some of you walk in and you see things, you think, well, that's, that should be different. You know why you feel that way? Because God wants you to be the servant who begins to serve in that area and make it different. You pull in the parking lot and you say, you know, there ought to be more people out there serving. Well, you know what? He said it's a job that still is yet undone, and he is, you've noticed it, and because you've noticed it, he's assigning you that. So you walk over and check your kid into Kid City, and you say, wow, this should, there's something else. This should be, what? You noticed it? He says, now that's your assignment. That's your assignment. Can you imagine, can you imagine if we as the Father's house would adapt that into our life? If you would adapt that in the business where you live, and for the employer that you work, when you see something that needs to be done, what if you took it on yourself to be that person, not because you're going to get a promotion to do it, but simply because I know I'm created and saved. I am created to serve. Number two, I am saved to serve. For 2 Timothy 1 and 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. You ever notice that when people get saved and we baptize them, they're not immediately zapped to heaven? You gave your heart to the Lord and he didn't took you to heaven real quick. Why? Because he's got something for you to do. He's got something for you. Not to sit on your hands, not to come to church and sit, sip, and soak for years. That's the world we live in. Self-centered, selfish people. Well, they didn't sing the songs I wanted. Well, it was too loud. It was too soft. It's too cold. It's too hot. 
Coffee's not good. It's not Starbucks. It's not Folgers. It's not whatever it should be. In light of all this, look at this Ephesians 4 and 1. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, Paul's a prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, I want you to run. In other words, I want you to get involved in kingdom life. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. Some of you would like a t-shirt that says, I love my church, but on the back it would say, but I love me more. Because you come to church every Sunday, and we may not see it, but you're sitting on your hands. You've never once offered your hands to serve anywhere in this house or in this community. It's getting pretty quiet in here, but it's all right. <laughs> Number three, I am called to serve. Read them with me. One, two, three. Ready? I was created to serve. I am saved to serve. I am called to serve. God has given each of you, look at this, 1 Peter, some special abilities. Say special abilities. Hey, if you're reading through the Bible with us on the U version, did you see all that Bilal is doing? I mean, have you ever seen anybody? Master craftsman. Worked with this, worked with that. You see, some of you think that because you're not called into the pulpit ministry, God doesn't have anything for you to do. Some of you are master craftsmen. Tim was talking about the gifts that somebody has, like little Tanya, Tanya the tornado, the, little, the tall girl that walks around about this tall. Such organization skill, such organization skill. I mean, you, you look at things, you see, and God has gifted you. Tiffany came to our house and she repurposed old things that we had and, and made it look all brand new because she's able to see something. I brought her into my office and I said, show me how to get this done. You and Anita, because I'm visually incompetent. I can't see it. That's not my gifting. You see, some of you, God has gifted you with the gift of entertainment, with the gift of skill, with the gift of organization, with the gift of fellowship, with the gift of just putting out your hand and smiling and saying, how are you this morning? Look at this. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other. Passing on, that word passing on, is the same as serving to others the many kind of blessings. Number four, I am gifted to serve. Read it with me. I was created to serve. I am saved. Let's read it again. Number one, I was created to serve. I am saved to serve. I am called to serve. I am gifted to serve. I just read the verse, you're gift and you're talented. You say, oh yeah, but you know, what talent is it to get early, come early and make the coffee? Well, that's pretty important for some of you who drug in here barely out of bed and you want something to jolt you and get you going. How insignificant it is that I come during the week? And we clean the church or we make sure the grass is cut. That may seem an insignificant thing to you, but when I pull on this parking lot on Sunday morning and I see everything with excellence, you see, this is, this is what we've got to realize. And we say, well, if I just had their gift, I, I'm glad my body knows it's gifting, that my nose knows it's supposed to smell. And my feet knows that they're supposed to run. But if my nose was jealous, my nose might run and my feet would be smelly. 
We all have a place to serve. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got a place. You know what I like about serving? You can't fake it. You can fake being spiritual. You use all kinds of words. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. I lifted my hands higher than anybody else. Woo! I sang louder than everybody else. You can fake spirituality. But you can't fake serving. You're either serving or you're not. It's like being pregnant. Right? You're either pregnant or you're not. Serving's the same way. You either show up at the nursery, you either show up with the worship team, you show up with the parking team, or not. There's no gray area. There's no middle ground. You're not kind of serving. Matthew 20 and 28 says, your attitude must be like my own. This is Jesus. For I, the Messiah, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life a ransom for many. Number five, I'm commanded to serve others. Let's read them again from the top. I feel like the more you say I was, the more you will be. All right, let's say it. Number one, I was created to serve. I am saved to serve. I am called to serve. I am gifted to serve. I am commanded to serve. Command. It's not an option. Jesus says in Mark 10, 45, follow my example. He doesn't say, let me give you a suggestion. Follow my example. Even the Son of Man did not come for people to serve him. He came to serve others and to give his life a ransom for many. It's not an option. He didn't say, okay, here I am. I'm God. Now worship me. He left worship to happen when we get into heaven. But when Jesus showed up, like in John chapter 13, he took a towel, put it on, and he knelt down, and he did the most selfish act, selfless act that anyone could do. He, God, washed smelly, stinking feet. He said, man, I'd, I'd like to be great. And Jesus says, where's your towel? Where's your towel? What, what have you done to make a difference in somebody's life this week? Where, where, where's your towel? Oh, but pastor, I would. But you have no idea how busy I am. Tell that to Jesus on a blood-stained cross. He served us to his death. Do you hear that? He served us to his death. His beard ripped out, crown of thorns shoved on his head, small and large intestines spilling out of his body. He hung on the cross to serve us. And you can't give him an hour and 15 minutes, at least a week, a month, to serve somewhere? When we serve, Jesus said, take my attitude. So my attitude is, as a servant, I'm glad that I, that I can serve. That's who I am. It's not what I do. It's who I am. Number six, my church family needs me to serve. Let's read them again from the top. All right, here we go. It'd be a little creativity there in the back on the computer. You ready? Number one, I knew you could do it. Give them a hand back there. All right. 
by the way, that team sitting back there and the sound people down below, man, they, they work their fingers to the bone. Would you give them a hand? Wow. And also those who are back there and they're, everybody online that's saying, my back hurts, they're the sweet people that says, we're going to pray for you right now. Or somebody says, how do I do this? They're the wonderful people that answers that. You see, you can't see those. But we wouldn't be who we are without them. So let's read those again from the top. I was created to serve. I am saved to serve. I am called to serve. I am gifted to serve. I am commanded to serve others. My church family needs me to serve. You are Christ's body, the scripture says. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. 1 Corinthians 12 and 27. Look at that. That's who you are. Can you imagine this morning I got out of bed and uh, my right leg is saying, I ain't going with you today. <laughs> because you don't really pay me much attention. So every once in a while, I make your leg hurt so you know I'm there. That's the picture that Jesus and the church points to you. If this is your church home, you're part of the body. And you have a gift that we're missing. Amen. And so we, we, we should be running, but maybe we're limping. Because you haven't said, Here, here's my gift. Now, we go through growth track to discover our gifts. But you also, you know what you do? You can do use that connection card, put your name on there and your contact information. And you can really say, you know what? I, I, I'm really interested in this survey. I want to play my part in the body of Christ. Number seven. Here it is. I owe everything to Christ. So let's go back from the number one. Let's start all the way back. You ready? Let's say it. I was created to serve. I am saved to serve. I am called to serve. I am gifted to serve. I am commanded to serve others. My church family needs me to serve. And I owe everything to Christ. He's given us all the same thing this week. 168 hours. And you can't give him an hour and 15 minutes? That's usually how long the services are. Now, I know you get here a little early, and maybe stay a little later to help tidy up things. But I owe him everything. But let me say this, because sometimes we just think, well, we're talking about serving in the church. No, we're talking about anywhere that you can serve in our community house. But here's another one. This is free marriage counseling. Serve your spouse. Serve your spouse. Gentlemen, you are not the Lord of your home. We've had men throughout the years that say, I am the man that Scripture says there. I'm the head of the house, and you'll do whatever I say. You haven't read the italics that said you may be the head, but she's the neck. <laughs> Look, that theology doesn't fly in this house. Because Jesus says, wives, submit to your husbands as your husbands submit to Christ. And Christ loved the church so much that he was willing to go out of his way and live a selfless life. 
and say, how can I serve humanity? I'll serve humanity by laying down my life. You want to have the best marriage counseling that there is? Be ready because your spouse will pass out. But when you get home today or on your way home, you ask them this. Darling, how can I serve you? How can I better serve you? Because you see, we're selfish in marriage. Well, she doesn't do this and he doesn't do that and she doesn't do this and she doesn't do that. What if we took this whole teaching and applied to how the Lord wants it? Not only at church, but our whole life. How can I serve you? You, you work for and somebody else and you want to be promoted? Go to them one day and just simply sit down with them and say, how can I make this company better? How can I help you? How, what can I do for you to help you? So you see, this, this thing is not just inside here. Some of us have heard horrible teaching as men. And we don't understand that we're never more like Christ in our marriage than when we lay down our rights and we love our spouse. Amen. That's free. Matthew 25 and 40, and the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it unto the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. I hear sometimes people say, you know what? I talked, I've been praying, but I'm not hearing God. Let me tell you a 100% prayer that God will answer and he'll answer it immediately. When you wake up every morning and you say something like this, God, what can I do for you today? Boom, I'm telling you. He'll let you know. He might say, go apologize to someone you've wronged. Hey, send an email. Hey, love on your wife, your kids. Hey, uh, do this. Look, you see, our rent for living on this earth is service. Our rent for living on this earth is service. Mark 8 and 35, I love this. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to saving yourself, your true self. Number eight, serving makes my life meaningful. So let's read them again. Number one, here we go. I was created to serve. I am saved to serve. I am called to serve. I am gifted to serve. I'm commanded to serve others. My church family needs me to serve. I owe everything to Christ. Serving makes my life meaningful. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, with all this going, my dear friends, stand your ground. Don't hold back. Throw yourselves into the work of the master, confident that nothing you do for him is a waste of time or effort. Number nine, I will be held accountable for serving or not. Number one, let's read it. Here we go. I was created to serve. I am saved to serve. I am called to serve. I am gifted to serve. I am commanded to serve others. My church family needs me to serve. I owe everything to Christ. Serving makes my life meaningful. I will be held accountable for serving or not. Each of you, Romans 14 and 12, will give a personal account to God. Personal account. If you want to be a leader, pick up the broom. Want to be a leader? Ask somebody how I can help you. Around here, we say, come, worship one, serve one. In other words, come to church. Be sure you come to church. 
because we're going to come to an end of people who only serve twice and they don't come to church. You can't know who we are unless you serve one and worship one. Number 10. Here it is. I will be rewarded in eternity for my serving. Let's read it from the top. Number one. I was created to serve. I am saved to serve. I am called to serve. I am gifted to serve. I am commanded to serve others. My church family needs me to serve. I owe everything to Christ. Serving makes my life meaningful. I will be held accountable for serving or not. And I will be rewarded in eternity for my serving. Look at these verses, John 20, 12 and 26. Anyone who wants my disciple must follow me because my servants must be where I am and the Father will honor anyone who serves me. How do I serve him? I serve him by serving others. Matthew 25, 23, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things and I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Jesus said, in Matthew 25, one day at the end of time, all people are going to stand before me in judgment, and I'm going to separate them. I'm going to put the sheep on one side, and I'm going to put the goats on the other side. The goats, self-promoting greatest of all time. And the goats are going to say, we were the greatest of all time. And Jesus is going to look and say, I'm sorry. I, I, I really don't know you. And then he's going to turn to the sheep and he's going to say, welcome into the kingdom that I prepared for you. When I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. I say, but when did we do that? Jesus said, whenever you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. You need to hear this. And to some of you, Jesus says, thank you. Thank you for rocking me and holding me when I was just a few weeks old. You say, but Jesus, when... When did I rock you and hold you? Am I that old? Have I forgotten where I was? He said, no. Every time you picked up a baby over there and you rocked that baby with an attitude of love of a servant, you did it to me. Jesus says to some of you, thank you for parking, helping me park my donkey. You say, well, when, when, I did, when did I do that? I don't remember. He said, because when you help that person that didn't want to take directions from you and tries to run across the parking lot so fast and your attitude stays one of Christ you've done it unto me I think everybody has a next step we need to take today what is it for you here's my honest suggestion you should have a consistent place that you serve a consistent place that you serve somewhere in church somewhere in our community, somewhere in the world, a systematic place that you serve every week. Yes. I think we should say, Lord, give me your thoughts. Give me your heart. Give me your eyes to see opportunities. Because you see, serving is not what we do. 
It's who I am. It's who I am. I'm a follower of Christ. And I grow when I serve others. If you are a follower of Christ, and you would say today, Lord, this really makes sense to me. And I want to be a better servant because I want to please you with my life. Would you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me. I'm a believer and I want to be better. at." Ser Come on, people. Get your hand up. Get your hand up or get to the altar and pray. <laughs> Give me a break. I wasn't asking you to sign up for $1,000. I was simply saying, in light of this teaching, Pastor Ben, you may need to help me between services. Evidently, I didn't make this teaching clear. But in light of this teaching, in light of those 10 things, you should leave today saying, I want to be better. I want to be better. I knew you did. You thought I was tricking you. I get a little father scolding there, right? This week, I broke away to spend some time with God at the beach. The beach or the mountain, my two favorite places. And I asked God, God, what can I be better at? And he said, quit being selfish. Quit being selfish. Maybe he's saying that to you. In fact, uh, Kevin and I, Pastor Kevin, Uncle Kevin and I were talking about yesterday, and he said, dang. He said, that's the very same thing God told me this week when I broke away and spent some time with him. And he said, even on my phone now, he said, every 15 minutes, he said, I have a, 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 an alarm that comes on and says, Kevin, what's your attitude? Wow. He said, I'm driving now back from uh, uh, Dallas to Oklahoma City. And he said, the drivers are irritating me. And he said, all of a sudden, the little alarm came up and said, Kevin, watch your attitude. <laughs> so he said, I just backed off. Thank you, Jesus. You talk about changing the world. We can change the world, change our marriages, and change our families. It would be less about self and more about serving. With every head bowed and every eye is closed, there's some of you that you're going to be acutely aware today of your life that you've been living for yourself. And you know what? That's not unnatural. That's not uncommon. It's normal. But Jesus said, I didn't come to be served by people. I came as a son of God to offer my life as a ransom, a payment, forgiveness of sins. Who is Jesus after all? He's a sinless son of God. He's a lamb of God slain for the forgiveness of our sins. When we recognize who he is and what he did, the only reasonable response is that I want to call upon him. And when I call upon him, the scripture says that he hears my voice. He can forgive me today of the sins that I've committed. He can make me a brand new person. He can change my attitude from selfish to selfless. And here today in this house and watching online, there are some of you that recognize you've been selfish, self-centered, self-promoting, self-absorbed. And today you see Jesus as the Son of God. And you say, I want his freedom. I want his forgiveness. I want his grace. I want his mercy. I want his forgiveness. I want to turn from my sins and turn towards him. Today, 
If that's your prayer, would you lift your hand just as quickly as you can? Come on, lift your hand. Lift your hand just as quickly as you can. Say, that's me. I want to be sure that's true in my life today. Hands going up all over this auditorium this morning. I want to be sure that I live that and I claim Jesus as my Savior. Pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I give my life completely to you. Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Save me. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit so I can follow you, so I can serve you, so I can serve others. My life is not my own. I give it all to you. Thank you for a new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352 329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.